With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ain't no place like a cowboy place, ain't no time like a cowboy time. Ain't no way like the cowboy way, have a cowboy kind of day, yeah. Try the new Big Sky Burger at Roy Rogers. It's Smithfield pulled pork, beer battered onion rings, American cheese, and spicy barbecue sauce on a Kaiser bun. Have a cowboy kind of day at Roy's, ain't no way you're going wrong, hey, yeah. DoorDash and Uber Eats available at participating restaurants. <laughs> He's getting better. He's getting better. Human beatbox. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the midweek fix from the LFC Day Trippers. As you heard, Andy Young is with me. I've got Callum from the Copish Podcast, and I have Alex from the Cop TV. Tonight we are going to, oh well, we're obviously going to preview Liverpool versus Arsenal in the Carabao Cup. I think it might be the fifth round, I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't remember when we came into the competition, but it's one of those rounds where we get through, we're probably in the quarters or semis. Um, and I know Everton, United, City and Newcastle went through tonight. We're going to preview that. We're going to also talk about the media and the media perception of Liverpool in the summer and leading up to the start of the season and have they got it really wrong? And is it driving on Liverpool as the season um, gets going? But first of all, I'm going to start with, and not transfers in an in, on an individual basis. I'm going to start off with transfers as a whole. Now, Liverpool do their business very well, um, despite... You know, every tweet that they put out for the last six weeks, just shouting, sign Thiago underneath it. They do their business quite well. Uh, but I'm starting to see a little trend now, especially with a week to go of, it looks like a bit of panicking, um, a bit of scattergun approach, a bit of uh, who's available, let's go for them. A bit like Liverpool and Balotelli going back to 2014. Callum, I'll come to you first. When you look at Liverpool and what they do, and when you look at other clubs and what they do, is it the Liverpool are just becoming masters at this? Are other teams just atrocious at it? Or is it just something in between where what's happening elsewhere is normally what's going on and we're just the exception to the rule? Um, I think it's a bit of both between us being exceptional and other teams not having a plan as such. Um, I think going into the window, I think it was glaringly obvious we needed a, a left-back to compete with Robertson. We needed another attacker and... I wouldn't say we necessarily needed Thiago, but Thiago was that icing on the cake, as it were. So once we got linked with him, you kind of you you won a world class player if you could get him and he wants to come. Um, you could argue that we still need a centre back. However, with the performances for Binho, Gomez being back as well, you can say we can go into the season. We won't be sitting there saying we're the be all and end all if we don't. I think we're in a position where we can do that because we have such a great squad that Klopp and the rest of the, the, the team have assembled over the last few years as well. 
So I think we're in a very fortunate position. But again, you only have to look at someone like Manchester City, who have again gone out and spent stupid amount of money, again on areas where they've spent stupid amount of money before. So you think to yourself, is there actually a plan, or do they just go into this every every window? Is there a different plan every window? Because it seems as though we have a sort of three or four year plan. And not to say that you have to stick rigidly to the plan. You can always deviate and adapt. But it seems as though we stay quite true to our plan and we adapt when and if we need to, whereas other clubs just say, right, we're going to take each window as it comes. And then you end up with players like Ozil sitting at Arsenal on 300-odd thousand a week. And then you have Sanchez, who was at Man United before. And then you're looking, thinking they're trying to get Sancho when everyone can see that they need a centre-back and a left-back, then you look at Arsenal and you think, you've gone to sign two centre-backs, congratulations, but you're, you're being linked with an attacking midfielder when really and truly defensive midfielder is what you desperately need. Like, you can do without Hossem, you can't, in my opinion, do without Thomas Partey. Um, Tottenham have kind of addressed most of the areas they need, but again, for the last 25 years, they've needed a, a backup for Kane and they still haven't got that either. So, we're very fortunate, but other clubs just, for whatever reason, don't don't seem to be addressing what they should be addressing. Andy, Kevo Sullivan says, it's the privilege of only needing tweaks. We didn't need a hammer approach. A little bit of minor surgery is all we needed. Is that playing a massive part in this? Because it's the first time Liverpool have probably ever been in this position where it's just, you know, cherry picking what you need and, and knowing you know, if they're good, great. If they're not so good, we still have the squad there. There's less of a pressure on, unlike years gone by, where Liverpool had massive pressure on every signing to do well, or we were fucked, let's be honest. Um, it, it, is it a case of that, Andy, where it's just the position we're in and everyone else is, is behind and they're, they're scrambling to try to keep up? Or is it just bad behaviour from them? Yeah. Are they very anyway. bold, Andy? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're all very bold. Um now, you made a good point there a few years ago. Uh, a few years ago, Bal- I made a good point. <laughs> <laughs> when we saw in Balotelli, it was a bit of a desperate thing. It was who's out there, um, and, and we just went from. Nowadays, like, you might call it a privilege to, to just only have to tweak, but at the same time, it's a, sli- it's a burden as well. You have to be a lot more careful about how you sign uh, players because you've got a good group there, they're all doing exactly what Klopp needs them to do. So it has to be a hell of a lot more strategic to maintain that players. You could bring in a player that completely messes up the whole setup in the squad. And with other teams, we had, when we were doing the transfer pod at the very beginning, right, the comments were flying about Chelsea are doing business, our rivals are strengthening, we're sitting still. But in the background, there's a lot more planning has to go into into making signings for Liverpool, and people are giving out saying that when you're when you're at the top, you need to build from a position of strength. Well, that's exactly what was happening. And um, making signings like Jota, they make sense. You see him coming on, and he hits the ground running. So that's what that's what careful planning does. When you look at Chelsea and Havertz comes into the team, Werner. You're not sure how they're going to gel. You're not sure where they're going to play. Um, There's such massive gaps to fill. There's a huge gulf in quality between us and them that they're just buying in the hope that something clicks 
and just by pure chance they can they can breach that gap. So they're buying players with hoping for a bit of luck. Whereas what we're doing is shrewd business, um, building on what we have and being very careful as well not to not to destroy what we what we what we've built. Yeah. Jono says we're in the same position United were in for 25 years, just filling in holes, whereas the other team need five to six players. Alex, you know, you'll get Arsenal fans, you'll get United fans, you'll get City fans, Chelsea fans, Spurs, whatever it might be, and they'll tell you, no, we don't need five or six, we only need a couple, we have a great squad and stuff like that. But what's going on in the market now? And some have signed five or six, some haven't. You know, United being the obvious one, they've only brought in Danny van der Beek. But they're looking at everybody, if you believe it. But is this what is this what it's telling you, Alex? That these clubs do need five or six, and they know they need five or six to keep up. And this is where the scramble begins. Yeah, I think um, for some of them, it's more than five or six. To be honest, um, I think before this season and the last season, I was saying Arsenal needed to get rid of maybe ten and bring in ten. That's how bad it was there. But they turned it around with some really good recruitment and really just belief in the squads. With Spurs, Mourinho is always going to spend money and he's always going to bring signings in. They've had a good window. Uh, knocked Chelsea out last night with a full-strength Chelsea team. Um, obviously, Chelsea as well have dipped in. But it all, se- it all seems a bit desperate. It all seems a bit, from all of the big spenders anyway, from the likes of Chelsea and City, it all seems a bit, Liverpool spent big, we have to spend big because... We're the holy grail right now. Everyone's trying to follow our blueprint. And, you know, the man that it comes down to essentially is Michael Edwards. I mean, he could probably persuade me to spend 20 quid on a Freddo bar. The man is an absolute... But you probably you'll you'll probably have to because the price of them is astronomical. Yeah. And quite honestly, yeah. disgrace. Yeah. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, they were five pence, five pence, and pence before it was euros. So, um, you want to check yeah, the price of Freddo bars, man? The yeah, they're going up, going up, just like the property prices going up. Exactly. Um, where was I? <laughs> Freddo Michael bar. Edwards. Michael Edwards. No, What's the caramel man? version of a Freddo bar again? Yeah, Fre- a Freddo caramel. <laughs> It's Cabri's, don't get us started because me and Andy could go on for an hour about Freddo bars, trust me. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it, there's a name for the Freddo caramel version, it's not called Freddo caramel. Okay, well, we, we'll, we'll get someone in the chat to go we'll on there. We'll get someone there to do that. Someone sort that out. How the times have shifted, lads, from the ages of when we would go out in desperation and scoop up whatever we could. It's like the lights turning on at the end of the night in the club. You look around and think, well, <laughs> not the best, but it's going to have to do. And, um, you know, that's what we were for a few years. You look at Lambert, Barini, Balotelli, no big... I mean, Balotelli was a bit of an anomaly, but there wasn't really any big names coming to us. We'd miss out on the likes of Willian and these guys to Tottenham and, and Chelsea. And I think now the fact that Thiago has come to Liverpool Football Club, and I've tweeted this and said it in the in the past, that's the biggest signing we've ever made in the club's history in terms of a player who's won it all at that age, coming into the peak, has you know played for Spain, done the rest of it. He's got the t-shirt, been there and done it, and now at this stage in his career, he comes to us. Like there is a monumental shift from from now to five years ago, 
And the kind of players that we're bringing in is, is long live this this era of Michael Edwards doing the negotiating upstairs because he just pulls off belter after belter. Mm. Chris is ruthless as well, Gav. It's completely ruthless. We go in and go, Bosh, got him. He's in the squad for tomorrow. Like it's again, when did we do that? We flirt with these players in public so often in the past. Um, I'd say the end of that kind of thing happening is when Klopp had to apologise to Southampton for tapping up yeah. Van Dijk. We had to retreat a bit, wait six months. Bomb, we got him in the January transfer window. We got Fabinho straight after the Champions League final loss. Like we just, there's no messing around anymore. We just go in and get them. It's um, yeah, and it is a rootless thing, and it's it's rootless in not only getting them, but the way we get them. You know, like there was so much went around about Thiago and and you know, oh, does he want Liverpool? Does he want United? What money um, will he run this contract down? But it just seems to be that Liverpool do their nearly do their transfer talking on the pitch. Yeah. And what I mean by that is they're so fucking good that people just go, I just want to play for them. You know, and yeah. they see the they see the, the the tightness of the group how committed they are to Klopp, how every single player, and I suppose even when you look at our front three and the work they put in, and that's Klopp telling them to put that work in, and and people just look and go, he must be off the wall good to play for, if these lads that are just, like Salah's one of the most famous faces in, in the world, and he is just running himself into the ground every week, he could go anywhere else and stand around, you know, stand around and go, I'll wait up here lads and just give me the ball, but People and players and Thiago and, and the like are watching going, oh, I have to have a go with this, you know, because Liverpool are a destination now where people go, I have to have a go with this before I retire because I'll regret it. A little bit like United might have been 10 years ago or Barcelona always are or Real Madrid always are or AC Milan when, when you look back in the mid to late 90s and probably into the 2000s as well. So yeah. it, it's, it's one of those where I look at it and go, we... We're not the richest club in the world. And Chris Brack says we, we, we have to be perfect with our transfers because we can't afford a Sancho sized, um, mistake, you know, because we're ran so, so not to the bone, but we're ran so efficiently that we don't want, we don't, we don't want a hundred million messer. You know what I mean? We can take a 20 million messer, but we can't, well, you can't, can you? You can't get a fella coming on a hundred million and going, I'm not really up for it. It'd be a bit like just signing a hundred million O's. And going, what's going on here? Like, do you know what I mean? The, uh, the, the only time he's, I see it, Mesodos, and now is he's sitting in the stand on his own with his face mask on watching the match. I don't mm. even think he plays football anymore. And, yeah, and even been dropped by Adidas, even dropped by Adidas. But, but it's, but the big thing for me is watching that is a, a phenomenal player on his day, 350 grand a week. And Arsenal are trying to go out and sign player A, B, or C, and they can't get rid of this fella. You know what I mean? And surely, no matter how money, m- much money you have, you learn from past mistakes and you say, do we really pull the trigger on that amount of money when look at that over there? And he's just, he's just traveling around like a bleeding mascot. You know what I mean? Watching matches. So it's, it's one of those. I think, I think when it comes down to this transfer window, I think when all's said and done, you could argue people have gold windows like Everton, you know, Alan. Um, Dick Corey and, and James Rodriguez so far look great. 4-1 win in the cup tonight. Scoring goals. Calvert Lewin's on fire. You know, the only worry you'd have for them is, is the squad big enough? And when Jordan Pickford stop using those little arms, they're in trouble. You know, so, but, but you can see the progression there. Whereas other clubs, there's no top behind it. There's no thought. Like, I don't think there's a massive thought behind Jaden Sancho. Because when I look at the rest of United. So I just wanted to have a chat about that because for me, 
what Liverpool are doing is excellent, efficient, and just it's it's pulling away from other clubs when they're just trying to throw money at things hand over fist and it's just not working. Like Diaz might turn out to be a Ruben Diaz, isn't it? Turn out to be a good player yeah. for Manchester City, but they can't get much worse. You know, they've got the other fella out at the Mendy in the other direction, but Stones wouldn't fill you with confidence. Laporte is, has injury problems now from what we can make out. Mendy's a mess. Kyle Walker last week, you look at it and go, what? So, hand, money hand over fist and Liverpool are just doing <coughs> something so efficiently. It's, it's unbelievable. But I'm sure come the next, this time next week, sure everyone else will have a different view on it, depending on what players move where. Liverpool play Arsenal, lads, for the second time in four days in the Carabao Cup. Um, We've debated on this show lots about should we really go for this, you know, with the, with the squad we have and stuff like that. And Andy, I'll come to you first. It, domestic trophies have fallen way down the pecking order. Like you have, you have the Premier League probably at the top, Champions League just behind it. And then these are way, way away. But for you, is this something that the position we're in now that we have to say, yeah, let's, let's have a good go at this because we have got the squad there to, to supplement, I suppose, this trophy or this this tournament and go go very far in it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, domestic clubs have slipped down the pecking order because there's no money in them. Um, owners just don't set them objectives for managers anymore because there's no benefit to them. But for a fan, um, we we obviously prioritise leagues, Europe. But when you have a squad and you can't afford to go deep into them and you're not too worried about the effect it's going to have on your team at the weekend, playing in the league, playing the bread and butter, absolutely. And anyone can sit here and tell you that they don't care about the cup, but come February or whatever month the uh, Carabao Cup final gets played in this year, as you were saying, you don't even know what round we're going into. I think it's the fifth. Um, yeah, they should just go kind of a snakes and ladders uh, format to it. You know, yeah. where you win one game, you can go to the final, but other people keep winning and then slipping back down and be a bit of crack. Oh, I but like anyway, that idea. I like going for gold. Like if you get the, the golden question, you're just true. Yeah. Whereas yeah, the other saps are at the end there trying to answer all the questions. Just make it interesting, you know, if you do so, something mad. Oh, yeah, I like that. I like that. So we, if you were in the third round and, and you were crew and you be Huddersfield, if that, if that toy is selected, that fella goes straight to the semis. Yeah, something like that. Or else an alarm goes off in the stadium and then you have like 30 <laughs> seconds to score a goal. And if you score a goal within 30 seconds, like you, you know, you, you go two rounds. Oh, something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. And then play maybe like with no crowds, maybe have music on throughout the whole thing. What, like you know? the cars or something? <laughs> it's something less annoying maybe <laughs> of course yeah right. uh, but yeah yeah. I don't know give us a bit of entertainment I know but for us uh, at the moment I think it's deadly we can bring in young players and mix them with experience when we kind of did um, our 18 squad players we looked at what kind of players could miss out Um and there could be disappointed people. I still have the notes here from last week. Like, you know, Milner could be left out or um, Ox. You keep, you keep your notes. Well, it's just sitting in the same place. Um, so anyway, okay. the point is you could play a team half of experience. And when the young players come in, they benefit. They don't just get to play with the young players that they're playing in week in, week out anyway. Mm, yeah. So they can come in and, and gain that bit of experience and as well, uh, Pep Linders as well, it's a joy to see him involved 
and to hear him speaking about football, it just shows Klopp is building more than just a kind of thing about himself. He's 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 building a, a dynasty there, and he's getting others. He's he's uh, enabling others. So just the leadership he's shown there for the future of the club. So I'm actually more excited about this Milk Cup than I have been since it was called the Milk Cup. I think it's going to be deadly if we get to Wembley at the end of it. Um, as I said, people will tell you they don't give a shit about the Cup now. But come, come when you're on the final, we'll be all having it. Yeah, I agree. I think when it gets to semi-finals, you know, the, 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 the level of seriousness uh, rises considerably. Oh, by um, the way, Hasbar. Yeah. Tazbar, yeah, somebody said there earlier. Somebody yeah. also said while well, you were talking about music in the stadiums, alarms going off. He just wrote, here it is, Free World just wrote, what's he on about? Um, <laughs> <laughs> listen, mate, uh, get used to it. And when you the transfer win- when the transfer window ends, me and Andy are coming back for big chats about random stuff. Yeah. And um, they're always great. Um, Callum, Andy mentions there about from his notes that's sitting in the same spot in his kitchen <laughs> since last week. He mustn't. He hasn't even lifted them to wipe the counter. Um, it's not in the kitchen. Oh, what is it? It doesn't matter. Go ahead. <laughs> what room is it? I'd say you have a special name for that room and all. Yeah, absolute notions. But um, what was I was going to say to you. Yeah, in years gone past, we've seen you know Pedro Shiravella that. You know, he's not getting near the force team. We've seen, uh-huh. we've seen, yeah, Sepp van der Berg. We've seen, you know, the names go on and on over the last couple of years. Is this different this year because of the squad we have? Because if you look at that Lincoln game, you know, you're looking, now, Reese Williams, fair enough. There's a problem at centre half and he has to bring the likes of him in. But when you look at Minamino, Jota, you know, Cortis Jones, Origi, Shakiri, Grewich, you know, Van Dyke starts the game, Simakas, Nico Williams. When you look at these, you could argue that bar one or two, they're all kind of pushing for a forced team squad place every weekend. That's a massive difference, isn't it, since uh, than last year or the year before or the year before that. So uh, we kind of have to take this seriously simply because of the quality we're putting on the pitch. 100%. I think it's something that Liverpool fans have been screaming out for. For a few years now, we've had one of the best 11s in the league, if not the best. It's always been what happens if a couple of those players aren't available. Mm. As you said now, how many other teams could fill the second front three of Minamino, Jota and, say, Origi or Shakiri? Not many. So we're in a very fortunate position to be able to do that. And you look at someone like Curtis Jones, who every time he plays, he just gets better and better. He looks more confident. He looks more adapted to the, to the professional game. He just, he just oozes class. Then you think to yourself, You've got Simicast. I know he won't be available for tomorrow, but mm. Simicast at left back, we didn't have that before. Nico Williams, again, berated after the game, but he's still a very good backup right back. And then, obviously, at centre half, you're slightly short, especially with the Matip injury, but you've still got Billy Kamatio, who's highly regarded by all the, all the coaches at the club as well, and is, is seemed going to have a bright future. Then you're just looking midfield. Midfield is where you really see the strength and depth of what we've got. Ox is out at the moment, but you could still field a midfield three with Keita, Genie, Fabinho, Gruwich. Milner, I think, will probably play left-back tomorrow. You've got Curtis Jones there. Thiago's not available. So you're looking at all of that and you think, why not? Why can't we go and make a little run at this trophy now? I mean, the only time Klopp's really taken this trophy seriously is when he first came in and we got to the final. 
But I think he did that because we had no chance of getting top four in the league and he put all of his eggs in the basket for the League Cup as well as the Europa. I think this season's slightly different. I think we can... I still don't think Klopp's going to prioritise it, but I don't think he's going to ignore it as such as he has in the past because we have better players and a better squad now. Yeah. Alex, when you look at the better squad and you look at... It's not an, it, it's not a case of filling filling a League Cup squad with, with a load of youngsters. It's it's a lot of them are seasoned professionals. They're just on the fringes of the first team squad or in the first team squad most weeks when it comes to likes of Curtis Jones and stuff. How how crucial could it be that you know somebody says there that the, the next round isn't until mid December? So this is going to run on till it's usually the finals around February, and that's where the season really yeah. kicks off. Well, for for the run in for the title or whatever it might be, our Champions League. How important could this competition be to keep players fresh, hungry, you know, or, you know, not match fit? Because if, if you don't play in a couple of weeks, you're not match fit. But, you know, just, just keeping their eye in, I suppose, as the season progresses. And, and you might need one, two or three of these come February when, when injuries and suspensions start coming around. And you need them ready, don't you? Yeah, it's a great opportunity to have uh, a bit of, well, your 15 minutes of fame, I guess. Um like you said earlier, like, like we all agree on, these guys who are playing tomorrow, five or six of them might be, you know, on the fringes, if not quite far away from the first team, at least, um, starting at least in the Premier League. So to have these competitions, um, I would love us to win it. I would love us to win it. Klopp lost this trophy in his first season. And instead of kind of dominating the League Cup and FA Cup like Pep has done, We've done the hard trophies first and foremost. Now I kind of want to see us get an FA Cup, get a League Cup. It's been 12 years since we won any Cups like that. Um, so it's a great opportunity, I think, tomorrow. Like Cal said there, our second team is probably a match for most Premier League's first team. If you think about the three up front alone, whether you go Jota, Origi, Minamino or Shakiri, I mean, not being funny, but... Most teams in the Premier League would want that as their front three to start every game. So even though we will be putting out a weaker team, I still think it's it's more than enough to deal with Arsenal tomorrow night at Anfield. Um, and I think, you know, Klopp should, and I think he will take this seriously. And if we have to wait till December, it just gives something, I guess it gives the guys on the edges a little bit more to look forward to, knowing that they can get another chance in December. That will come around quick. There's an international break in between all this. Um, yeah, and I'd love to win this go. I think, uh, like you say, once you get to the semi-final stage, you start getting a bit excited. There's a trip to Wembley on the cards. I remember when we beat, um, was it City in the semi uh, in 2011? Bellamy scores. Yeah, yeah that's right. Gerard yeah. Kind of way. And then we, I was actually at that final against Cardiff. and I think that was the last one we won. When yeah. Anthony Gerrard. 2000, the, 2012, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was in Club Wembley and I wasn't allowed to wear my Liverpool shirt. Disgrace. Uh, but like uh, Andy said, it was the Milk Cup back in your day. It was the Carling Cup now. Um, and who knows what it will be next. It's, oh, sorry, it's the Carabao Cup now. It was the Carling Cup. Carabao, Who knows what it's going to be next? It could be the, the Taz Cup. <laughs> Bring back Whatever it looks. If, if, um, if, if it becomes the Taz Bar Cup, Andy will be at every game. 
um, <laughs> all across the country. He will just he will just stay around the UK um, on the weeks of the League Cup um, to support Taz Cabries and and um, a forgotten favour from his childhood. Flash Gordon says, "Love how rivals fans say Klopp takes the piss out of this competition, considering we weren't even in the country last season." Now that's a brilliant point because people will say, "Oh, well, he's disrespecting the competition," and he says, "Listen, Klopp can do whatever he likes in this competition," and. What happened last season only com- only compounds that because in their wisdom, um, the Football League decided that we should play a game 24 hours before a World Club Cup game in Qatar. So um, if anybody's ever taken the piss out of a cup competition, um, it's it's the Football League and they've taken it out of their own competition, not Liverpool and not Jurgen Klopp. So if anyone ever questions Jurgen Klopp's team selection, squad selection, or the fact that he lets Pep Linders turn up and do the... Uh, pre and post match press conferences. Um, I just I'd point to that Aston Villa game um, last December. If if um, if you need to, just touching on um, Pep Linder's column. You know, Andy says earlier there. It's great to see that Klopp is building something where it's not just about him. He's building. He's building a, a well. He's built a really solid foundation, but he's 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 making it as strong as he possibly can. Maybe in preparation for when he leaves in four years' time. We don't know, but. When you look at Pep Linders and a lot of people like him, the way he talks about football, me included, when you look at it, is it a sign to you that Klopp is just putting him through his paces to become the next Liverpool manager? Should Klopp go in four years? Or is it just Klopp is just making sure he gets the best out of his, his career and gives him every opportunity, regardless of what happens when Klopp leaves? I think it's both. Um, I think it just speaks to how selfless Klopp is. I think he he's one of the few managers around who doesn't make everything about himself. I know you get rival fans who say he acts up for the cameras and he, he always hits the badge and pumps his um, fist and stuff. Klopp's been doing that his whole career, all the way back from Mike. So he's not doing it for the cameras. And he's just he's just really selfish. I think he if anyone was in that role as assistant manager, I think he'd be trying to promote them as well. I mean, it's no secret when um, the owners flew him over or started talks to um, actually sign Klopp as our manager, he said he's not coming over unless Bouvac and I think it was someone else got the exact same treatment he gets. So if they're flying him in a private plane, they get that as well. He's never been a manager who just takes credit by himself, he he spreads credit throughout the club, throughout the squad, throughout the staff, and I just think it's he's brought Liverpool's ethos back effectively, and I think that's why he's such a special manager. In terms of Pep Linders, from the way he speaks, the, the passion he has, you can almost see it becoming like how Tito Villanova took over from Pep Guardiola at Barcelona. It, it's it's got a lot of similarities there. The romantic in me would love to see Gerard come back, but I, I don't know if that will happen. Um, but as things stand right now, it seems as though the club and Klopp are definitely positioning Pep to Pep Linders, that is, to, to take over when he decides to call it a day at Liverpool. Yeah. Azim asks, didn't Callum just do a live show? He did, I think. For, uh, yeah, for it's, my, it's my third show of the night. <laughs> this is third show of the night. 
you know, um, and here we are <laughs> slapping each other on the back because we turned up for an hour for one show. Um, well, Colin's yeah. just knocking out shows all over the all over the place. So fair play to him. But look, we always love Cal- 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 Callum on. And um, well, it's a pleasure to be on. Yeah, no, we always like having you on. Owen Conway has a quick one for me. Thoughts on Jack Bone getting an Ireland call up? Gav M- must be delighted as a massive Rovers man. Um, yeah, he's he's a dif- he's different gravy that fella. He really is. Um, watch the game on Sunday night and he scores a ridiculous goal if you ever get a chance to see it um, but yeah he's he's a quality player and Rovers holding on to him it'd be, it'd be, it'd be a struggle I think when um, when the season ends but he's, he's very 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 good um, Andy I'm going to come back to you mm-hmm. we've talked about the squad we've talked about you know the players in it you know the, the, I don't know do we there's players that may live, you know, you think agree with you think of Shakiri. Um of course Carries has gone to Union Berlin. Um there's one or two others there that have been linked away. Obviously we don't know if Brewster's gonna be in the squad and he's being linked away. Um what way do you see this going team wise tomorrow? Do you think he goes very similar to Lincoln? Could he make it a little bit stronger? Or does he I don't think I don't think I can't see him making it any weaker, Andy, because of the no. opposition. But what way do you see this going? No, I thought I thought he he would go a little bit stronger than than Lincoln, but when I look at it on paper, there just I, I think it's going to be very similar. Um, the only reason for change could be someone needs minutes, um, for whatever reason. But yeah, I, I think he just go away. I think he just go what <clears throat> similar to what he went to against Lincoln, and I don't know what sort of input Pep Linders has. Does he get it? Big say around these things. Um, I'd like to see Billy the Kid playing. Is he fit? Um, I think he is fit. I think he, he played yeah. for the 18s at the weekend. Mm. Um, um, he may he may have played for the 23s as well the other day. Yeah. So, no, I was surprised to see, um, see Williams getting uh, the nod ahead of him because it was, it was all talk about Billy, wasn't it? Yeah, Billy the so, Kid. Someone was yeah. calling him Eddie earlier. Don't know why. Um, but we walked out of the chat and he kept calling him Eddie and it's not his name. His name is Billy. So there yeah. you go. No, it, yeah, I look, I just with it, with the opposition being Arsenal, I think they're probably going to go sort of 50-50 fringe players, senior players. You'd assume they're going to try and match them in that way. Someone was saying uh, De Bruyne and Sterling played for City yeah. there. So you just don't know in this competition. Players, sometimes players need the minutes. You know, there's the science and the background to all of this. Um, it's very beginning of the season. It's maybe some players just need the sharpness and need the minutes. And coming up against Arsenal, the pace of the game will obviously be a lot higher than it was against um, Lincoln. But then you've got players like um, Curtis Jones who has to, absolutely has to play 90 minutes because he was, he was phenomenal against Lincoln and the game against Arsenal, and you're going to come up against some quality players, it's going to be great for him. So I think the most important thing is we, we see those players that are going to be knocking on the door. You hardly We're not going to see a lot of the either Williams this season, really. But I, w- I want to see um, Nico starting because of the shit he had to put up at the last time. And I know empty vessels make the most noise, but it really annoyed me. Um, that the response on Twitter drove him to have to come off Twitter and and it obviously affected him so much. It really annoyed me. And that's why I give it large on Twitter a lot about the carry-on out fans 
I mean, totally counterproductive to what we're trying to do. They might think they're just saying a few words, but uh, these young players seem to get very much influenced by what's going on in social media, and especially at the moment, there's no one on the ground. There's no one on the ground to, to kind of change their mind and make them feel like they're being supported. So, um, no, it's absolute horseshit. They people need to get behind the players, and uh, I don't know what I don't know why he has a target on his back. Um, Makes absolutely no sense. Can I tell you why? Tell me. He has a he has a tar- he's not so much a target on his back, but you see, the player that's in front of Nico Williams is the best right back in the world. Yeah. All right, mm. and there's no doubt in my mind about that, and I think he will go on to be, regardless. Regardless, regardless, regarded as one of the one of the best right backs of all time, and I mean that. Mm. Um, you've seen you've seen fullbacks in their time revolutionise how it's played. Cafu probably is the one most recent to stand out because he just got up and down, up and down, up and down. He was good in the final third. He was okay defensively, but he was just he was Brazilian, and people loved that. You know, you look at Paolo Maldini; he was just. Pfft, he was mustard, wasn't he? And then he goes mm-hmm. and plays centre half, and he's he's good, you know. But but Trent Alexander Arnold, what he's doing, and not just because of Trent Alexander Arnold, because of the way Liverpool play, the way Klopp has utilised them, and people were called from to play in midfield. Never put him in midfield. Never. You're closing off so many things he can do if, if you put mm-hmm. him in midfield. He has revolutionised right back, and then you have this young lad that comes along, a 19, 18 year old Welsh kid, um, that's come through the academy. And he's trying his absolute best. Okay, he'll make mistakes. Trent's made loads of them. Trent has made loads of mistakes, loads of mistakes. He's gone through, he's gone through bad periods where he's played. And I include the season when we got 97 points. Trent went through a bad stage of the season where he looked hesitant. He looked out of form. He was, he didn't look confident. He was standing off players. Nico Williams mistakes are probably a little bit more obvious. But Nico Williams, look, Andy. If Nico Williams comes along and air right back is, I don't know, pick a right back we've had in the past that hasn't been fucking overly great, right? Glenn Johnson. Glenn Glenn Johnson, right? Just take Glenn Johnson, right? Glenn Johnson Mm. wasn't as bad for Liverpool as people thought. I think he got a hard time. It was a bit all over the place at the end, but he wasn't as bad as people thought. If Nico Williams is the backup to Glenn Johnson, I can guarantee you people want Nico Williams on that side. And they'll say, he makes mistakes, but he's young. But look what he gives us. People aren't watching what he gives us. He's very good in the ball. He, he gets in good positions. He uses the ball well. Okay, he makes the odd mistake. The, the stuff that went on on Twitter last week, um, and I said on the football terrace last week that sometimes players can use Twitter as an excuse to explain bad form or to explain away different things. Nico Williams isn't doing that. Nico Williams, and Andy, you make a great point. There's no one in the ground. If there's, if there's people in the ground and Nico Williams has to do that on Twitter last week, when he comes out at Anfield on Monday night, the place goes into uproar for him to show support. Yeah. It's very hard to show support when there's no people in the ground. So he is looking at that and he is a young lad and they are, they are affected by, by social media and stuff like that. And that's fair enough, but he's not making excuses. Mm. He, he that's just the, infor- the unfortunate thing about Twitter, Gav. It's giving people a voice that nobody listens to in real life. Well, that's it. Like, like I mean, I I always say, and and loads of people say on this show, like, and and it's a fairly fair point, Andy. I'm not going to walk down to the pub with you and sit there and go, Nico Williams is this and Nico Williams is that, and and the words that you see on screen, you're never going to hear repeated in real life. You're just not no. right. And at the end of the day, 
People will decide on Nico Williams very early on that he's not Trent Alexander-Arnold and he shouldn't be this, that and the other and he shouldn't be playing and stuff like that. They'll decide that and they'll stick to it and that's the hill they'll die on. That's fair enough. But at the end of the day, that lad's 19. He's in the Liverpool force team squad. He's recently signed a new contract. They have massive hopes for him. Let the fella play. And if he makes mistakes, fair enough. You know, the best players we've ever seen playing with Liverpool have made mistakes. The best ever. You know, the best, arguably the best ever made one of the biggest mistakes in Liverpool's history. And... Do, do we talk about it all the time? Do we ridicule them for it? No, we don't. Other fans do, but we don't. So, and, and the attitude of people on Twitter towards Nico Williams was disgusting. It was, but yeah. Nico Williams has to learn as well. On the other hand, to just block that out. And all right, he blackened out his, his Twitter account and he may have left. I don't know. Turn her off and disregard them. Go and talk to the people that actually matter to you. Go and talk to the people that employ you and train you every day and, and play alongside you every day. And listen, I, you won't get a bad word out of them. That's just the way it is for Nico Williams. Um, Alex, I want to come to you. This game, Andy's mentioned Arsenal. I don't think they have a deeper squad as Liverpool. Is there a chance that Arsenal go a little bit stronger in this to A, try and make up for Monday in some way and knock it into a, a rut, as people would see it if they lost two games at Anfield in four days? Is there a chance we'll see a bit more strength from Arsenal than you would likely, likely to see from Liverpool? 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I thought they would have um, a look at playing a stronger team tomorrow. But after I spoke to Robbie this morning, he thinks that because they've got a huge Premier League game against Sheffield United at the weekend, he actually would uh, prioritise that over this. And I think, I actually now think they're going to play a a much weaker team than we saw uh, against us on Monday night. Uh, I think they'll have a really strong bench, but the likes of Enketier, uh, Reese Nelson... Uh, Pepe, I think, would probably start. Willock, um, Pablo Mari, uh, these kind of guys. And um, like I said, with the team that I'm expecting us to put up, especially at Anfield, fans or no fans, not us, I think this is this is a good opportunity to make a real statement and prove to everyone just how uh, much depth in our squad that we have. If we listen, if we knock out Arsenal tonight for what uh, tomorrow four one. That's a big statement. And I think we're more than capable of doing that. Um, Arsenal still are dangerous with, with certain players there. But, you know, I am very confident for tomorrow night. And I think um, even if Arsenal did lose two in a row against us, but then they won against Sheffield United, they probably would have taken that at the start of the season, I think. Yeah. Bradley Devaney says Arsenal went strong in the last round, so he fully expects them to do so. Um, I'm, a, I, I'm a bit... I don't know. Andy, do you see them going strong? Do you see them making this a priority? Because we've seen the birth of many great managers are great, um, you know, resurrections in clubs, starting with the League Cup. You know, it, it, it's one that people put down as a marker. Like Mourinho done it at Chelsea when he arrived. Um, his first competition to win was the League Cup. And, a, and a, now, listen, I'm not saying if they didn't win that, leagues and stuff wouldn't come. But it's always a good one to get going and players get into that winning mentality. Is it something that Arteta might look at and go, OK, we're going to put everything into top four, but we could probably still manage something in the League Cup and 
just you know elevate the players that little bit more if they can go and win something and put a bit of silverware on the table. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think they they will be they will be looking at picking a team that's not like eleven changes. That I I think they're gonna be a, a hell of a lot stronger. Take it, you know, a stronger approach to the game than we will. That's why I was kind of making the point that maybe we should go a little bit stronger as well because, you know, if we play the team against Lincoln and they play half of their force team, we might struggle. And I do want, I really do want us to win this game. I really do want them to succeed and go forward into that competition. I want to see more Pep Linders and I want to see more 90 minutes from the likes of uh, Cordes Jones, Elliot, Minamino. These players, these players need need football, and um, you know, no better, no better time to uh, to play ninety minutes against Arsenal. So look, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, we both teams play pretty strong. Yeah, and we can take them. Yeah, like a lot of people are saying, um, like Jono says, there he doesn't feel Arsenal squad can handle four competitions. Of course, they won the FA Cup, didn't they? I forgot all about that. Um, yeah. But I suppose it's just in, in the next, in the next stage of, of what they're doing, you know, Arteta will feel that that's completely his squad going and doing something and, and walking towards it from the start of the season after implementing his stuff a little bit more during what was sh- a shortened pre-season. But, you know, it's, it's still his first proper season. He, he would like to do something. Um, there's, there's loads, there's loads of chat going on here. Uh, Christopher Edwards says, you really are. You really hurt over a joke. I don't know what he's talking about there, but is it, are we hurt? I don't know. Uh, Christopher, let us know if we're hurt or if someone in the chat is hurt. Um, but I hope nobody's hurt. We don't like to see anybody hurt. Is it about somebody saying that, um, Williams is Flanagan too? Oh, um, I don't know. I didn't see that. So, um, um, no, Nico Williams is a far superior football to John Flanagan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and what I would say to you is, I'd like, I would be just going back on him. I wouldn't be judging him massively on this season anyway. I'd, I'd be, I'd be looking to judge him from next season, a full season in the fourth team squad. I know he was there and thereabouts last season, but he looks to be, he looks to be the actual backup this season. So, um, given the season, and then you can probably be a little bit more critical of him next season when he's had a year under his belt. Um, before we go on, I want to get teams off all three is, uh, before before we go. And, and there's one other thing we want to talk about. But the Champions League draw course is tomorrow. Um, I haven't even looked at the pots. I don't know who's in what. Um, I, I do believe we're going to end up with an absolute banger of a team out of pot two. Um, by the way, things are looking. I do know that much. But we're going to be live on Instagram tomorrow. Shawnee, um, Shawnee FC is going to be live on Instagram tomorrow from 4 p.m. for the Champions League draw. So he's going to watch it. He's going to tell you who's coming out. So if you're in work and you can't watch it, you can bang on Instagram on the sly, um, in your ear, whatever. And he'd be calling out what's going on, who's in what pot and who be, who of course Liverpool get, get on there. If you happen to be free and you're watching it, you want to go on and have a chat with him about it, sit there and go through it with him. Absolutely request to talk to him and he'll let you on. So the Champions League draw, of course, um, we'll have live on our Instagram tomorrow. Go to Instagram, type in LFC Day Trip, you'll find us there, follow us. And of course, when it goes live, you'll know about it and you can join Shawnee, okay? Uh, the Flick Sport app is something that we're trying to... Um, trying to sort and we're trying to get more people involved in very simple on the apple um store on the android store type in flick 
Flick Sports, you will get that chat app. Go in, enter via group, type in Trippers Chats. You'll get in there. There's polls going on. There's chats going on around Liverpool, around these shows and predictions. There's all sorts of stuff going on. So we want to get people in there. We want to get them involved. They can give us suggestions for shows and stuff like that. So if you get a chance, lash it on your phone, get in there and have a chat during the day. If um, Twitter's doing your nothing and you want to talk to Liverpool fans from all over the world. Um, What else? Thursday. Um, tomorrow uh, there won't be a transfer agenda show tomorrow because there is a match on so there will be a Fatback 4 podcast special um, with a match reaction to Liverpool v Arsenal that will be about 15 minutes after the game we'll, we'll announce that time tomorrow it obviously depends on you know if it goes to penalties and stuff and last thing hit the like button lads hit the share button we put a tweet out at the start of every show if you can find that and retweet it for us and do that to support us that would be absolutely brilliant Um David Lennon just says, says Periscope, he needs to get off this. Um, he needs to get off. Andy, he's your mate. Will you please um, contact him privately and ask him? He's no longer a Periscope Ultra. He hasn't got that facility um, at his hands anymore. And can you tell him to please refrain from um, putting that comment up? Is that okay? There's no, there's no talking to Nordies. Okay. <laughs> you can't say that. Can't but say you that. Look, they're, they're, they're very strong. <laughs> you can't say that, Andy. <laughs> That's um, a compliment. Oh, is it? I'm sure yeah. he'll take it as a man from Northern Ireland. Yeah. He will take that as a compliment. But um, John says Periscope is crap. Oh, Jesus. They, them two are going to have a big row now in the chat. Jesus. Um, John he's, very, he's from Northern Ireland, John Very bald, John Very bald. <laughs> Callum, I'm going to come to you first. Um, taking everything into consideration <clears> and... I presume you want Liverpool to go through here and, and progress as far as you can in in this in this competition. What is your team prediction? Um, so the prediction is obviously Adrian in goal, um, Nico right back, Milner left back, um, centre backs. I'm going to go Camacho and Gomez. Okay. Same as and me then, so far. Me too. Oh, great minds think alike. Great minds mm. think alike. Um, midfield, I'm going to go with Gruwich at the base, Cater and Jones. <laughs> Is it the oh. same as you still? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then up top, I'm going to go Minamino, Origi, and Shakiri. I don't think Jota will start the game. Oh, you've also it's the only difference uh, to my team. I, that, I yeah. saw the head lift up when I said yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Andy, uh, Adrian in goal, Milner left back, Nico Williams right back. He's got Billy Cometio and Joe Gomez, was it? Centre half? Yeah, yeah, Gomez. Yeah. Just think Gomez so needs got the minutes. Maybe, maybe 45 and split it like they done the last time. Yeah. Um, then maybe. you have you have Grewich at the base, you have Jones and Keita. And up front, he's gone with Minamino, Origi, and Shakiri, who are you going for up front, Andy? Minamino, Origi, and Jota. Okay. Alex, is that the same team for you? Is there only is the only difference in, in the front three? My team is exactly the same as Andy's, no changes from it at all. Okay. Um I I think I'm a little bit different. I Adrian and Goal. Nico Williams, Reese Williams. I think Joe Gomez does 45 and Fabinho does 45, shares the responsibility again at centre-back. I have a feeling he he may go Milner at left-back, but I have a feeling he might, might do something along the LaRucci line. Is he fit? But, 
Yeah, Lucci's fine, yeah. Um, but we're I go, trying to get rid of him now, aren't we? Oh, we're trying to get rid of loads of them. We'll just keep playing. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's quite um, a few players that could go there. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what. Let's go with Milner at left-back. Okay, I'll agree with you on that. Gruwich, Gruwich Jones, Kate, I'm fine with. And up front, I would have Minamino, Jota, Elliot. That's who I would have up front. Yeah. Mm. I think Origi's a sure starter for this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he may, he maybe is, he maybe is, but I just, I'd love to see Minamino down the middle for us in a false nine. Um, Jota off him on the left and Elliot off the right. And of course, you still have a Rigi Shakiri to come on and impact the game. Yeah. You know, so. Is there, just a shout there, right? Is there, is there any reason do you think we've all picked Naby Keita to start this game? Because uh, he came oh. off early in the Arsenal game. Yeah. Midnight Hopper asks, could Henderson start tomorrow? No, Henderson's still out as far as I know. Is he still out? Okay, it's a yeah, fair yeah, show. I, that's, I, that's, I, did, yeah. I never thought of that. Um, not that he was out, but that he could start and get, get some minutes. Um, but, Is anyone never in the Oxes back? No, I, I think him not and Matt are looking probably... I think end of October, I think was the last I heard. I know Matt's injury was a bit more severe than people thought. Um, that's being reported around the place. and it's, it's just run of the mill stuff now. Um, I think Minamino definitely deserves to start. Shakiri yeah. probably deserves a start, lads, doesn't he? You know, considering how well he played. He could do Minamino, could, could Minim- Minim- Shakiri Jota. And he could leave Origi and, and Elliot out, you know. But, it's it's um Tommy C believes Kata won't start. The only thing he could do and, and it's a fair point, you know, we've another big game Sunday. He could just do Grewich and Jones in a two. And he could push Shakiri in a ten and Jota wow. and and Minamino and Origi. He could do something like that. He could he could test out that, that formation that he's changed to a couple of times. You never know. And he'll have to wait until he sees Arsenal side. Arsenal probably may not have the personnel to do what they usually do and might go to a flat back four and do a four three three or a four two three one as well. Um it's it's um it's interesting. And I think again, even when you look at we vary, don't we, on, on the team there, but there's still lots on the bench, even though it's yeah. it's our second string, there's three or four on the bench we go, yeah, they could come on and do something, you know that way. Um Score predictions, lads, and you know how it works on this show, and we don't let you away with it easily like other uh, Liverpool podcasts or YouTube channels, <laughs> where you just go, well, I think it might be uh, 2-1, or we might win by a goal, and then you can go home. No, it's not how it works here. How it works here is you give the score, and you give our scorers, and we don't remember Ooh. unless somebody <laughs> on social media tells us, oh, didn't he get that right? The best one so far has been um, uh, Joe from All Leeds TV, who said, and this is exactly what he said, he went... I'd fancy Leeds to be Sheffield United and I'd love if Bamford got the, a late winner to um, annoy the Sheffield United manager who called him a, a tosser or a dosser or whatever he called him. And I looked up the result of the weekend and Bamford scores in the 88th yeah. minute to win 1-0 and I thought, wow, that's a show. So, um, Eunice has 3-2 to Liverpool and um, people can throw them in there as well. And I'll try to get as many up on the screen. Midnight Toga has 6-2, Stephen O'Connor 4-2 to Liverpool. Um, Callum, scorers and prediction please all right so first and foremost I, i'm going to reach out to joe from all these tv and ask him what the lottery numbers are going to be this week because i can <laughs> do with knowing that um in terms of score i'm going to go four three to liverpool okay i'm going Origi to score minamino to score 
Um, I can see us getting a penalty potentially. So Milner, and then another goal scorer. I'm gonna go for Jotter off the bench. Okay, nice. Four three. Um, get the cans in, lads. If it's four three, no mess. Um, Andy. Five, five. Five, five. You just seen that in the chat, didn't you? You just seen that in the chat. And went, What's the last two numbers I've seen in the chat? I'm just going to shout. No, I was going to say six, six, because I wanted to name loads of goal scorers. <clears throat> um, no, I think it's going to go to penalties. It's going to be four, four. Okay, give us your four scores. Uh, Cordis Jones with two. Yeah. Origi, I'm in amino. Okay. Alex. I'm going to go with 4-2. Um, okay. And I reckon it's Jones, Milner, Origi, and Jota. Okay, Peter Blake has 3-2. David Lennon, uh, this, the uh, the ultra from Periscope, uh, says Penos. Um, a lot of people predicting Penos. Um, I've seen somebody else saying 2-2 two, two and, and on the Penos. Uh, Sim has Penos, isn't it? Uh, it? It might be. What happens if a big klaxon goes off? On 75, and if the klaxon goes off, it's just straight to penos now. You never know. They could have just brought that in after listening to this podcast. Can we um, find Epic Ledger? Epic Ledger? I th- I'll have a look now. Uh, Sim, very bold. Very bold. Sim uh, says Liverpool 6 nil. Mark my words. Um, what's wrong with Epic Ledger? Is he, is he being bold? Uh, he is. He, uh, he's, he says that we'll go through on pens because Brewster won't be playing this one. And he says uh, that. That's uh, very bold. And he, and he was the one that compared Williams to. Uh, flannel. Ah, oh, look, he's trying to make oh. it up to you here, though. He says, Look, 5 5, and we win on pens 5 4. Uh, and now he's saying Adrian is the champ in pens. Come on, oh. unban him then. Okay, he's unbanned. <laughs> unbanned the epic ledger. And epic, if you want to send us your at on Twitter, we get Grizz to unblock you as well if you are blocked. Grizz, yeah. of course, being the best Asian in the world. Um, it was announced yesterday. Yeah, man. Um, yeah. yeah, number one Asian in the world. He, um, is medal. He's gone mad that he can't go to the ceremony, but apparently the medal is on the way in a jiffy bag. What a um, way to answer the haters. What a way to answer the haters, like Andy and Dicko. Um, but <laughs> fair play to him. Um, uh, 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 I know the second line to that song, if you want, but um, we, I won't go there. Um, yeah, no, he's the best Asian around, and no one can take that away from him. For 2020, anyway, 2021, it may be somebody else, but yeah, until that changes, until, he's the best Asian. He just has to keep up. Well, he's, he's up on the board now, and he can't take it away from him. No, that's it. He can't be taken away from him. And um, mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll engrave uh, Grizz's email address on the trophy, just in case anyone has any queries or um, inquiries <laughs> for work. Um, but look, I'm going to go with... Everyone's gone real high scoring in this, and it probably makes sense, doesn't it? I'm going to go with 5-2 to Liverpool. I'll go with Milner gets one from a penalty. I think that's a great show. And you know something? Somebody said to me the other day, start backing the regular penalty takers are all these clubs. It was Big Joe mm, Walsh. Yeah. I'll, let, I'll yeah. throw it in there. But he said, keep backing the penalty takers because that, that amount of penalties gone. That if you back them any time scorer, your penalty takers are, are on the pitch and you're laughing. So there's a little tip for you. Um, but Milner, I'm going to go with Minamino, Curtis Jones, Harvey Elliott, and Jordan Shakiri. 
Mm. Okay. David Lennon Shut says, <laughs> David Lennon's changed his mind and he says, 1 0 an OG. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It's scars, it won't be. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. David Lennon, he, I love him. Um, I know he's Andy's friend and I love him. Um, but bad. he is your friend, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's gone great. Um, Andy. He's played golf and Andy's. Keeps mentioning the fact that he's from Northern Ireland. I don't know why. Um, Muad has 3-1 Liverpool, Minamino Jones and Shakiri. I think that's a good show as well. Really good show. Lads, the last thing before we go, and just a couple of minutes on it, the media narrative before this season was that Liverpool, could they keep up the pace? Could they show that hunger again um, in this season? You know, Chris Waddle had United winning the league. Loads of people are, yeah, United winning the league. Liverpool to finish fourth was other shouts. If they don't sign anyone, they'll finish this stand. You know, Alex, I come to you first. Could the media narrative that was thrown around the place um, in the couple of weeks leading up to the season be a factor in what's driving Liverpool this season? Because I get a feeling there's a little bit of defiance there, and it just popped into my head when Klopp decided that Roy Keane's a spa and he decided to call him out on it. Um could he be could he be could it be pushing us? I the beautiful thing about Liverpool fans is that I don't think we as a collective give a fuck what people think about us. Like I don't think we actually care what the papers say or what the bookies say about how likely we are or not likely to win. I actually think um since we have won I mean again this season we won it last season so convincingly we still weren't the favourites at the start of the season it was still City I'm I'm here saying bring it on keep saying that we're not going to win it keep saying that Man City are going to win it because it only gives us more ammo to fire back at these people when we do win it again and when we do retain it and I will say when because I am that confident this season and I think once we win it again now I'm not asked about what anyone thinks about us, the media otherwise. I think the Klopp-Keane thing maybe got blown up a bit. It was just an audio thing. Klopp didn't actually hear what... He was just asking the question and then because Keane didn't put him in his place straight away, he kind of rambled on a bit. And I think it was just a, it was just a, an audio issue. He didn't hear it. Um, oh, no, I, I've no doubt. I've, no, I've seen what Keane said beforehand. And the word sloppy is probably not the way it should have been explained. But we did give up chances and that's fine. But it's the reaction of Klopp that made me think, oh, hold on, they're definitely onto something here and they're going to pick up on anything here and use it as a as a, a motivational thing to, to show people how good we are. Yeah, the results prove it. I think what Keane was referring to, and I do agree with him, to be honest, their goal was totally sloppy from Liverpool. We gifted them a goal, just like we gave them two at the Emirates. We gifted them two goals. Let's not hide from the fact that it was sloppy defending for for all of these goals that we've gifted Arsenal recently. So I get that. But I would say the game, we were maybe, if you, if the, if you want to percentage it, we were 5% sloppy and 95% incredible. Mm. Um, so to, to say there were sloppy parts is probably a tiny bit true, but it's unfair to, to paint the team with these headlines that maybe we don't deserve. But like I said, I don't think we care. I think we just... We use it as ammo to fire back and um, not let it continue, to be honest, because the longer they think we're not going to win it and we go and win it, I'm not asked what they think, man. We just, we're just just in our own little bubble here, aren't we? Hmm. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. Like, um, Callum, Bob, 
Bob Paddock says Keane was talking about sloppy moments, and he was. And I'm not, den- I'm not denying that. Um, I still like the fact that Klopp just went. Did you say that was sloppy? And and had yeah. a go at him because people are afraid of Roy Keane for some mad reason. You know, he's just a bloke from Cork that played football. I don't know why they're afraid of him. Um, but did that does that did that trigger for you that? You know, they're definitely seeing this sort of stuff, this sort of narrative, and, and they're determined. If they weren't determined before, this has compounded it, where now they're going to go, well, hold on, we we are most certainly going to try and retain this league. But if they want to say this as well, we'll just, we'll just try even harder. Is, is it definitely a motivating factor that could turn that could turn against the media in some sort of way? Because I still get the impression that a lot of the media don't want us to do well. Is it something that could really, really push us on? I believe so. Um, I'll be honest, seeing Klopp go off at Keane like that, it filled me with a sense of joy because what that does is send a message out to other media people and say, look, if you're going to start saying stuff about the club, then expect a reaction. I think all too often media, and again, I'm not going to just blanket cover statement, members of the media and the circle of the media will often come out of comments and articles that clickbaity and Really lay, yeah, really lay into some players and managers, and I, I just think Klopp's laid down a marker there that says, right, if you're going to do something, I'm going to call you out on it, and then we're going to see if you're really about it. So I'm glad he did that, and we saw Roy Keane curl up and not really say much. When does he really do that? So right. it just goes to show. Um, one thing I will say about the media, they don't want us to win. It's it's clear as day. You look at the fact of all I kept on hearing was. Man City are going to come back with a vengeance this season. They're going to... Pep doesn't want to lose. And they may do. This, that and the other. But they might. But what, what people fail to realise is we didn't lose any of our main players this summer. So the notion that because City are going to come back with a vengeance as such and Chelsea have gone and signed every player who has got a release clause that they're just going to go and overtake us it's crazy. Like, remember, we finished the league double points ahead of other teams. That wasn't just by accident. We got 97 points one season, 99 points the next season. We've shown we're consistent. Man City have lost Vincent Company and David Silva in two consecutive summers. Now, I went through this with, with Drifty on our channel yesterday. You look at Liverpool's team. And from back to front, we've got captains. Robbo's Scotland captain. Virgil's Holland captain. Henderson's obviously <laughs> Liverpool captain and should be England captain. Naby Keita is, is Guinea captain. I think Sadio Mane often captains Senegal. Mo Salah sometimes captains Egypt. We've got captains throughout the squad. We've got leaders throughout the squad. Man City, you take Fernandinho and let's say Aguero and Kevin De Bruyne are out. Yes, they've got a wealth of talent, but who's the leaders there? Who's the players that's going to say when it gets really rough and tough, we've got to really dig our heels in and really go for it? Because I don't really see anyone at Man City doing that. And again, you see it so often, when things don't go their way, they, they crumble. And it's not because of the lack of talent, it's because one, they have players there that don't really play for the shirt, and two, they haven't really got leaders, they've just got talent in football. Footballers, we have a mixture between talent, leadership, and grit. How difficult is it going to be to beat us? Unless we have an off day and you have one of the best games of your life, 
it's very unlikely you're going to beat us. The best you can hope for is a draw. And I can't say that about any other teams in the league at the moment. The only other team I can say that about in Europe is Bayern Munich. So for yeah. these media people and media outlets to write us off, all the best, all the best. Because at the end of the season, you're going to have to eat those words. The, Andy, um, John says the media keep running this narrative. We are lucky to get 99 points, just like we are apparently lucky to get 97. We were actually, in the 97-point season, we should have topped 100. We should have. And in the 99-point season, we stopped playing with 25%. With, well, there were seven games to go. So what you look, you're looking at 20% of the season. We stopped. We just decided that enough's enough because we were champions. Um, and and the big thing for, the big thing to come out for me, Andy, the other night was two things. One, <coughs> Gary Neville, staunch Manchester United. You know, you won't find more staunch than him. But he was waxing lyrical about Liverpool. And... It was somebody on the forum, it was the other night, I know you were on, said he could see what was coming. It might have been the show last night, but he can see what's coming. And when you look at all this media around and, and the likes of these lads on talk sport, which you shouldn't watch, let's be honest about it, Adrian Durham and all yeah. these, you shouldn't be watching them. Um, yeah. But when when you look at all this media and it's all, it's all hype stuff, but when you see Gary Neville and you see Roy Keane and he talking about Liverpool, they can see, what they can see in Liverpool is what they had at Manchester United, in my opinion. That's the fourth thing. And that's where you would take their word over most because of where they've come from and what they've actually seen in their career and when they're looking at Liverpool. And the second thing is Andy Robertson. And Andy Robertson came out the other night and held his hands up, Andy, and said, my fault for the goal. I was happy to get another goal to, to kind of rectify that. But the, the, the key thing was, he said, we have great individual players. Great individual players, he said. But the first thing we do is we make sure we work harder than everybody else. And if Liverpool Andy work as hard as everybody else in this league, they have all the best players and they'll win it. <coughs> is there any stopping them, Andy? And <coughs> how much backtracking do you think you will see um, as this season progresses? Yeah, look, just getting back to Callum's point, it's completely correct. They're full of leaders and they don't just they don't just come across like that. They they lead by example as well, and they work for each other and they but and what Klopp has put into them with their drilled into them that it's 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 all about the team and it's all about everybody that's in their environment. They understand once they understand that, that that's the there's just no stopping this team. But what what the media struggle with with Liverpool is the gaps that they see. They see Liverpool giving up chances because they have a high line. They see Liverpool winning so many games very late on and they think maybe they're lucky. But this isn't this isn't luck. This is drilled into Liverpool. They've always got an extra gear to step up into. They can always work harder than the opposition. Even as as time has gone on with Klopp, since Klopp has come in, they actually they actually run less and they they press less and they sprint less because it's refined now. So they have it. They have it in the engine if they want to step it up a notch all the time. They've they've come. They're together now four years, five years with most of the players since Klopp has come in. They're going to be very very hard to stop. Look, don't mind Talksport. Their Talksport just is full of gammons that they get on to to wind people up and they get callers in, and most of them are fake callers anyway. Don't, they're bull, bullshitters. But people that are intelligent on the on the telly like Neville. Like Kane, like Sunus, they know they know all about this team that their mentality monsters and Kane 
didn't say anything back to Klopp because he respects Klopp. He loves Klopp. He was caught off. He, he knew it was a misunderstanding. He wasn't going to get into a row with Klopp because he likes him. And I'd say he was a little bit embarrassed in the, the situation that Klopp put him in. And they made, made massive big deal about it, or, you know, in the following, you know, because that's what Sky do. They love the the wrestling kind of outside the, the, the sport stuff. But Kane loves, he, he doesn't love Liverpool, obviously, but he loves the way they're playing. He loves the identity that they've built. He sees what United were a long time ago with the amount of leaders and team, with him, with the leadership from the manager and with, with the success that's about it, that they're dawning upon. It's going to be very hard to stop them. And with Klopp, the way he's bringing in players that fit the bill, I, th- I think we're here for the... Um, I think we're here for the long haul. Then you have Tyler, who's single-handedly ruining games Football. on Sky. <laughs> no, he really is. Um, I, I just... I, I don't... I, I mute him. Mm. I genuinely mute the TV and, and I'll put... I'll he's put. the only one... He's the only one that actually aggravates me. Okay, talk sport. I just wouldn't have it on. Um, and I know what they're at. They're just they're just basically a voice tabloid. That's yeah. essentially what they're doing. They'll say they're anything an for tabloid, a reaction. Yeah. yeah. On Sky, you've got you know Redknapp sitting on the fence. You've got Carragher um, and Neville kind of telling the company line. But I do like listening to them at the same time. But it's it's Tyler with his tone when Liverpool are doing great things. Um, it's it's bullshit that they have him on on it's, the massive it's music to my ears, Andy. I'm not gonna lie, it's music yeah, well, to my ears. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I like to hear a, a, a commentator going over the top when a goal goes in, but we're winning games, big games, putting games to bed, and he's going, Oh, there it is. Ah, Liverpool have won. He will be screaming down um, at any other team. Oh, he, will, I mean, he, 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 he went on as if. Caboyas was coming on the other night and he was Pele and then he yeah. just kept mentioning 1989 and then he kept mentioning every chance Arsenal can get a draw here it wasn't can Liverpool close out the yeah. game and, and win deservedly like. it's when when somebody starts talking about when, when Neville started talking about Liverpool player there's something great recalled about Liverpool he changes the subject yeah. and he starts talking about a goal Mares scored say the day before it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous yeah. um, and oh, what, what he got in his big shop I think when, when Pepe came on, he went on a run towards the Liverpool defence and Tyler was trying to make some point about uh, the fact that Pepe is the only player to have dribbled past Van Dijk or something along them lines. Yeah, yeah. And before he could make his point, uh, Pepe ran into the Hornets' nest and Liverpool had the ball back off him and the only person dribbling was fucking Tyler. <laughs> he couldn't even make his point. So uh, it's time someone just went up to the gantry and just pushed him off. <laughs> no, I don't think you can do that, Andy. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. Um, we're, not, we're not asking anybody to do that. Definitely. But maybe, maybe walk up and go, listen, head off there, Martin. You can say something like that, like you know what I mean. <laughs> just, just, just take the keys of the gantry off him and say, "Listen, <laughs> change, we're, cha- we're changing the locks." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now I know where Callum's coming from with the music to his ears. I get that because there is, but but I, I suppose when I listen to him, or I don't listen to him because I mute him. I genuinely mute him, and I'll put. I genuinely I put music in the ears while I'm watching the match. It doesn't bother me not to hear what I can watch the game myself. I don't need to be told what's going on. I have eyes, um, but. I, Again, I'm starting to wonder, 
do these people get affected by what's said in the media and it's just subconsciously they just do this do you know what i mean they subconsciously start saying this stuff because they've heard it on wherever they hear it do you know what i mean it's it's a mad one but i'd love liverpool to go and dance on this league again and we can all start again next summer where where, where, what if liverpool don't do this you know but i i genuinely think um i genuinely think that somewhere liverpool are using this narrative to say to prove something and they don't need to really prove anything but to prove again how good they are and Man City might come flying Arsenal might go on a run Chelsea, Spurs, United whoever it might be but I still think all things being equal if Liverpool most importantly work as hard as they can work um, I, I can't see anybody getting near them um, yeah we can't be throwing lads off gantries uh, uh, David yeah. Enemont Andy <laughs> is the president uh, Chris Brack says quietly encouraged to live um, via the gantry edge we can't be doing stuff like that um, so someone says it's very bold it, well, that was very bold Andy and we apologise um, to uh, to whoever we need to apologise to I don't know who we're meant to apologise probably Martin Tyler but um, listen that's just the way it goes um, I think that's it anything else before we go Andy no Think don't read your notes from last. Don't read your notes from last week and see if there's anything there you can bring up. No, no. Okay. No, I think we're all good. However, I actually. Um, Sorry, just before you go on, just before you go on, what happens if he's asked to leave in a Nordy accent? Says David Lennon. He'll he'll fuck off quick enough. To say. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> just uh, put what? a Nordy in in the gantry. All right. <laughs> Jerry Armstrong. And, yeah, and he's just like, you better be tipping on there or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, yeah, no problem. Back in okay. the car, out of there like a fucking hot snap. <laughs> I can't believe what we're discussing that in Tyler's exit from a gantry. <laughs> Nordy right. fella. Yeah. Um, sorry, what did you want to say before we left? That doesn't matter. Are you sure? Okay, all right, save it for the next time, Andy. I'm sure. Oh, um, uh, oh see. Alan, Alan Smith, does he still work with Sky? I don't know. I mean, if there's no, Alan Smith and Tyler on, I am going to the American channel. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and, and I couldn't care. I couldn't care. It was like US soccer guy. Yeah, commentating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you remember? Do you remember, Andy? We used to watch those videos of the American lads going, um. I what believe that we will win. Yeah, yeah, they were great, weren't they? They were the crack. Yeah. And they used to what sing the before. Song? Oh, the, the referees of Wanker. The referees of Wanker. And you're all very quiet over there. That was a cracker. Yeah, yeah. And and if it went on the iTunes, would top everything off um, number one, I'm being honest. Um, right, you've nothing else. Are you sure now? No, that's, that's good. I'm good, good with that. Thank fuck for that. Uh, Callum, have you anything before we leave? Um, no, thanks again for having me on. Much no problem. Guys. Somebody did ask earlier, but uh, really, really quick uh, with their eyes, they noticed that you were drinking the Tesco apple juice today. Um, uh, you need to stop sniffling into that tissue, or people will think you have the old Rona. So um, <laughs> no, stop a doing that. Of art. I yeah. think I've actually come down with a little bit of a cold. It's been a busy week, and I've not. And that's allowed. Sleep. That's allowed. You yeah. know, it's got to the stage now where if um, you've a sore back, you definitely have the Rona. It's just the way things go. <laughs> yeah. um, 
But listen, I still uh, have my taste buds. I still, I'm still. Ah, you're grand. You can, t- you can taste the, the apple juice. You can taste all oh, the apple juice. Oh, if I couldn't taste the apple juice, guys, I'd be at the hospital already. Yeah, well, we'd still have you on, um, just yeah. to hook you up to the Wi-Fi. I think, I think it's great that you love apple juice so much. You know what? I mean? he, he's looking for a sponsor. That's what I, he's doing. I am. I am. I am. I'd love something like that in my life. Oh, a, a bottle of a bottle of no, apple just juice. The, uh, to have a love for apple juice, you know what I mean? Like, to bring so um, much happiness into your life. Don't, don't get me wrong, I do happy. love my family as well. I, do, I love my family and my friends as well. But they're not, they're not, uh, they're not harvest apple juice. Yeah, but Andy, like, I'd love, I'd love to see you drink, I'd love to see you come on, like, with, like, a bottle of pomegranate juice and just sip away and go, oh, I love this so much. <laughs> just, just randomly while people are talking. Did you ever have really pom- serious about it. Did you ever have pomegranate in your salad? No, I don't eat salad. Pomegranate. Yeah, a black pudding um, salad with pomegranate's nice. Black pudding oh. salad. Have a yeah. fucking day off, Andy, will you? <laughs> Fuck's sake. Black pudding is for on a bit of bread with butter. Yeah, uh, that's nice too. Yeah. As long as it's on a sourdough or one of an ocean bread. Shut up, you dope. <laughs> <laughs> um, as I said before, when the transfer window ends, do not despair. Me and Andy will be back with random chats. It will have no reflection on the rest of the content we put out. It's just me and him <laughs> acting the idiot. All right. Um, yeah. If people want to see more of Callum, he's on every podcast everywhere. Apparently, this is his 11th show of the day. <laughs> he's but, going on to um, another one now. He's going on to another one now. <laughs> I'm the going straight to bed. <laughs> Him and them, he's gone on the one now with Martin Tyler to discuss exit signs <laughs> and how you follow those procedures. But no, if you want to see Callum in his natural home, it is the Coppish podcast. Um, get them, I have followed them on Twitter at Team Coppish, if I'm right. Um, yep. and on YouTube, of course, subscribe, like the lads are absolutely sound. Their content is brilliant. And, um, every time they come on here, they're absolutely brilliant value. And I know that the people in their chat have a great time listening to them. Um, that has been the midweek fix. Um, it's had it all. Um, Andy has probably uh, successfully shut us down with comments he's made about gantries earlier. But listen, we'll take it on the chin. We'll if move happens, on. It's nothing to do with me. Well, sorry, say again. If it happens, it's nothing to do with me. Oh yeah. Well, listen. I want, I want um, there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Something in the second degree, maybe is the charge we brought up on, but yeah. <coughs> or a conspiracy too. Maybe the words written under your face, uh, the picture of your face in the local newspaper. Um, but look, it's not as it's not as bad as having your crazy hands on TV on a massive, massive <laughs> documentary. So, um, so got, someone says it's Operation Anfield for Toilet. I think it could be called uh, Operation Nordy. Okay, and just, 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 it's like, do you reckon? Do you reckon Sefton comes on and says? Is there someone from Northern Ireland in the crowd? Please make your way to um, exit gate 11. And yeah. a fella just stands up. You know, like if something happens, oh, I'm a doctor of health. But well, you know, this person gets up, goes to the exit, and then he's just brought up and told, listen, up to the gantry, tell Toilet to piss off, and uh, we get on with our lives. It could be something like that. I don't know how we've gone down this road. Um, head, of, <laughs> head, of, head of communications, Shawnee FC, is going to have an absolute wobbler when he sees this. Um, Operation Naughty. Operation yeah. Naughty. Well, you see, we uh, we can't. It's impossible for us to do a show together without something happening or uh, some sort of fucking project starting, you know, and uh, some sort of movement. But it'll always be bigger than the FSG out movement because only one of them turned up at that time for the for the um, protest. 
Remember that? Yeah, <laughs> mm. me too. Right, we're out of here. Um, we've caused enough trouble. Um, Callum is now blocking all our numbers as soon as he gets off this show. And, 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 right, and rightfully so. Um, listen, he has a career to pursue. Tesco are not going to sponsor him if he's hanging around with two Muppets yeah. like me and Andy. Yeah, I, I, so, um, I, I, can't, I can't put this in my, my brief to Tesco now. They'll just shut yeah, me yeah. down straight I was away. On, I was on that show last week. What were you talking about? You don't want to know, brother. The first That's hour it. was okay. Yeah. Just tell him to watch the first hour. And yeah, then, yeah, and then, <laughs> and then and then plug everything out in the house just in case it appears on any screen. <laughs> but look, seriously, that is it. We're out of here. Over and out. Warning: This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Because there's only one you, Views Alto is the vape as unique as you are. With Views by You, you can make your unique mix with any of seven colors, three flavors, three nicotine levels, and infinite wrap designs. So how will you do you? Make Views Alto a vape that is yours in store now. Discover more at Views.com. Views. Charge beyond. Vapor products. Underage sale prohibited. Website and offers restricted to age 21 and over tobacco consumers. So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates, or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen, make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Sports Social Podcast Network.